Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to our show for today. I'm Zenobia, and we are continuing our reading of Aging with Grace, Flourishing in an Anti-Aging Culture. This book's authors, they say so many wonderful things, enlightening things as far as I'm concerned, and I'd just like to read what was placed in the portal for today's um, segment. Sharon Batters and Susan Hunt penned, there are many things we can no longer do as we age, but age does not keep us from fulfilling our purpose to glorify and enjoy God. An ever-growing knowledge of God's undeserved love is grace, changes our motivation. When our prayer is aligned in this way, his love for us will increasingly compel us to stop living for ourselves and to live for his glory. Then we will age with grace. So picking up, I'm on, if anyone else is reading along with us with a book, I'm on page 39. And under worship begins by saying, notice the psalmist's involvement in worship in Psalm 92. He gathers with God's people to hear the preaching of God's word gives thanks, sings praises, and declares God's love and faithfulness. And God makes him glad. God is glorified when we are grateful and glad because he is the source of these graces. Charles Bridges, a 19th century pastor in the Church of England, wrote, Again and again must we be reminded that every motion must begin with God. The secret of Christian energy and success is a heart enlarged in the love of God. So we pray. Love divine, all loves excelling, joy of heaven to earth come down. Fix in us thy humble dwelling, all thy faithful mercies crowned. Jesus, thou art all compassion, pure, unbounded love thou art. Visit us with thy salvation. Enter every trembling heart. Finish then thy new creation 
pure, spotless, let us be. Let us see thy great salvation, perfectly restored in thee. Change from glory into glory, till in heaven we take our place. Till we cast our crowns before thee, lost in wonder, love, and praise. The more we know the triune God, the more we rejoice in our identity as his child and our purpose to glorify him. This knowledge results in worship that is transformative. God makes us glad. God fills us with joy. And this gladness and joy, this wonder and praise, do not diminish with age. They increase until we take our place in heaven. I was in my late 40s when my husband went on staff of a church with many righteous, radiant older women. Several of them had attended and faithfully served that church all their lives. These women had watched their farmlands become neighborhoods and their rural church fill up with new people. They never resented these changes, and they lovingly welcomed the strangers among them. They flourished as they made us feel like family, and so we did. One of these women was Evelyn, who was in her 80s. One day, I visited Evelyn and poured out my heart to her. I was overwhelmed with life. I whined and grumbled. She listened and never interrupted me or rolled her eyes at my self-centered immaturity. Finally, I asked, what do you think I should do? She was quiet for a few moments and then lovingly spoke, life-giving words that soothed my soul. As you talked, I kept thinking of one thing. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Evelyn did not criticize me. She did not give me solutions. Her life and lips declared the steadfast love and faithfulness of Jesus based on the authority of his word. She did not minimize my story by telling me her story, but I knew her story and it gave tremendous weight to her words. Her mother died when she was only four years old. Her daddy moved in with his mother, who cared for Evelyn and her three siblings, including her brother Ralph, who was mentally challenged. Before the grandmother died, she told Evelyn, take care of Ralph. Evelyn's husband died when she was 63. She never had children, but she took care of Ralph, and she had a host of spiritual children. Until she was bedridden in an assisted living home, Evelyn was in Sunday school and church every Sunday, always looking fresh and beautiful. Her gray hair was a crown of glory that was gained in a righteous life. She lived to be a hundred. She discipled me until she died, not by her words, because the time came when she could not speak. 
but by her grateful submission to God's word and his plan for her life. How do we age with grace? Along with Evelyn's life and words, Psalm 92, verses 1 through 4. Show me that a worshiping, grateful heart becomes a glad heart that glorifies and enjoys God. The opposite is also true. A grumbling heart becomes a sad heart. And just for a moment, I know we've read um, Psalm 92, that section 1 through 4, a number of times, but I'm going to read it again. Ooh, and excuse me, my, I don't know, that just kind of grabbed me. It is a song for the Sabbath. It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night, to the music of the lute and the harp, to the melody of the lyre. For you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. At the works of your hands, I sing for joy. And now we're going to take a look at um, an individual that, her story, that the authors have included. Her name is Linda. And Linda is a retired registered nurse and interior decorator. She has three children and seven grandchildren. She has taught women's Bible studies, and she lives in Newark, Delaware. Linda says, I was 39 when my husband died of a rare lung cancer. It had been a difficult marriage because he had years of undiagnosed endogenous depression, or maybe it's endogenous. But before his death, God healed our relationship. I'm grateful for our last year together and that he is with his Savior today I am almost 75 and married to a godly man, but soon I will be alone again. Andy has mesothelioma, and he is in hospice care. When I heard his diagnosis, I cried, again, Lord? My stepdaughter gently responded, God prepared you to take care of my dad, and she was right. Since the death of my first husband, Jesus has shown me through his word the depth of my need for him and the sufficiency of his grace. Folks, the sufficiency of his grace. Think on that as it applies to your own very life. I'm certainly thinking of it as it applies to mine. Before, I only understood saving grace. Now Jesus has made living by grace a reality. I survived my first marriage and the death of my husband by my own strength, repeatedly telling myself, you can do this. My heart was full of self-righteousness, pride, and a determination to survive on my own. 
Now, as I watch Andy die, I admit that I am incapable of doing this alone. I need Jesus. How does one flourish when the love of her life is dying? When Andy heard that there was no treatment left to fight his disease, he exuded peace, knowing he would soon be with Jesus. As I slid into the abyss of disappointment and grief, terrified by the idea of life without my dear husband, I also felt the strong arms of Jesus holding me tightly. I soon realized flourishing in this place requires me to daily die to self. Every morning I wake up, not knowing if this will be my last day with Andy, and sorrow floods my soul. Then I fall at the feet of Jesus, knowing I cannot do this apart from his grace. Because I know him better, I rest in him. And the peace that passes all understanding washes away my fear. Jesus began a work in me many years ago. And in this season of life, I am being completed in my suffering so I can minister to others who may be suffering. For now, God has called me to love and care for my husband. Because of Jesus, I will not just survive. I will flourish as I walk with Andy to the edge of heaven. And we will end our reading there for today. I hope you are enjoying this book as much as I am. And I am going to say farewell for now. And to each of you, I wish a wonderful evening, weekend, and week until we meet again. Take care. Thank you.